you missed last week, you missed some good food, first of all. Um, but we also just, in a kind of fun way, began to explore um, the theme for Mountainside this coming year. And uh, had a little bit of fun with that. If you, if, you're, if you remember back in September, we did a couple of important kind of prayerful gatherings together as a church. Um, discerning what God might be calling us to in 2024. And we've kind of moved through that process and have landed on the theme for this year, um, which it really, really is kind of held in, in a word. And so last week we looked at the word of the year, the words of the year for 2023. Authenticity was one. For, I think that was for Miriam Webster. And then the word of the year for the highly esteemed Oxford Dictionary was the word Riz. Um, and uh, on the weekly update on Saturday Night Live, if they, they noted that if you don't know what the word Riz is and you have to look it up, it means you probably don't have Riz, unfortunately. Um, which is, uh, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. I won't even try. Um, but for Mountainside, um, we, our word for the year is trust. And more specifically, we want to spend a year really focusing in on trusting God together. Uh, and so we, we had some fun with a trust fall. Aaron DeFoe Hunter bravely agreed to stand on the stool and fall into the arms of these. I was, I was all men, not all men are the, not, not men are the only trustworthy ones. I got a little critique, fun critique on that last year or last week. Um, but we, we had some fun with a trust fall and Aaron bravely went where no mountain cider has gone before and fell into the arms of these trustworthy uh, mountain ciders. Um, and so today, I want to I give us a, an image of, um, that I think, I, I'm hopeful that we can hold together um, when we think about trust this year. Um, and it's from, it's from a, um, a passage of scripture that we've looked at before um, from Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel is, is very creative in, in his writing and his communication. And he uses all kinds of metaphors and word pictures. And a lot of times what these are described or called is visions. And we're going to look at one of his visions this morning as we think about this idea of trusting God together. Um, the danger of preaching on a vision is you can kind of like try to explain it so much that it, it, it loses some of its power. A vision is, you know, it, it's, an, it's a picture. It's, it's meant to evoke emotion and feelings and, and thoughts. And so I'm going to try to do my best to kind of work, lead us through this vision um, and also not get in the way as well. So join me um, as, we, as we look at this together. Um, this is from Ezekiel chapter 37. If it helps you to close your eyes while I read, feel free. If it helps you to look at this, this picture here, do that. The Lord's power overcame me, and while I was in the Lord's spirit, he led me out and set me down in the middle of a certain valley. It was full of bones. He led me through them all around, and I saw that there were a great many of them on the valley floor, and they were very dry. 
And he asked me, human one, can these bones live again? I said, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, prophesy over these bones. Say to them, dry bones, hear the Lord's word. The Lord God proclaims to these bones, I am about to put breath in you. And you'll live again. I'll put sinews on you, place flesh on you, and cover you with skin. When I put breath in you and you come to life, you will know that I am the Lord. And I prophesied just as I was commanded. There was a great noise as I was prophesying. Then a great quaking, and the bones came together bone by bone. When I looked... Suddenly there were sinews on them, the flesh appeared, and then they were covered over with skin, but there was still no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, human one, say to the breath, the Lord God proclaims, come from the four winds, breathe, breathe into these dead bodies and let them live. And I prophesied just as he commanded me, and when the breath entered them, they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. This is the word of the Lord. I think, I think this passage raises an important question. Important for Ezekiel at the time, but important for us as well. Um, important for us to think about as people who live here in America, important for us to think about as those who are a part of our church, and important probably to think about in terms of things going on in your own lives and families and stories. And that, and that question is this, human, can these bones It reminds me of the movie, uh, Remember the Titans, when Coach Boone um, has taken over as the head football coach at a school that is newly integrated back in the 60s. And his team, which is now integrated, is struggling to find their identity. And he takes them on a run up to Gettysburg. And they run in the middle of the night up to Gettysburg. And he stands um, on that ground and he says, gentlemen, People have died here fighting the same fight that we're fighting now. And unless we come together on this hollowed ground, we're going to die too. Um, um, many people, historians, will stand on a piece of land that once thundered with war um, and the noise of battle. And whether it's a recent one or one from long ago, you visitors don't normally leave the scene the same. Um, something gets a hold of you. And that's what we have here with Ezekiel. He's standing and he's picturing uh, a scene of an army that had tracked down into this valley, had prepared, had done the best that they knew how to do, and they moved down into this valley um, and they'd been 
They've been beaten. Um, victory had avoided them. And within this scenario, this question is posed to Ezekiel from God. Human, can these bones live? And it's really kind of a crazy question. Um, Ezekiel had been part of Judah. Judah had been ransacked by Babylon. As we all know, exiles had been taken out into the Babylonian Empire. Ezekiel himself, one of them. Um, and this was the context. And so Ezekiel gets this vision and he looks into it and the reality of what he's living in. And the obvious answer to this question of can these bones live is no. Look at what I'm looking at. Um, and we, we come to a passage like this um, with our own context, um, our, own, our own world that we're living in. Um, we live in America, we're in San Gabriel Valley, Los Angeles County, our church is here in Monrovia, um, and there's things going on um, where I think this, this question may be appropriate for us, too, um, as we look at our lives and look at all that's going on. As we've talked about a lot, there's been a named um, kind of epidemic in our society of loneliness and um, isolation. That touches us, that touches our church. Um, Jonathan and Jean and I were meeting this week to talk about IRC and realizing, oh wow, this is an election year. Um, migration is a hot topic. Um, we better be ready. Uh, what we're going to say and how we're going to communicate to the IRC we all know the political world that we live in, and here we are entering an election year, maybe with apathy, maybe with fear, maybe with trembling, maybe with optimism, I don't know. Um, but those, those divisions play their way into our interpersonal lives, and so we ask these questions, can these, can these bones live? Um, I was thinking about smartphones this Christmas break. Um, what a powerful tool they are for all of us. Um, and what a colonizing effect they have on us as well. How we move to those in times of sadness, in times of um, loneliness, when we, when we just want to check out. Um, um, addictive tools even for all of us um, at, at points. And, you know, these realities aren't all just out there, right? They, they land in our, in our church. They land in our own lives. And these, this question is relevant uh, in some of those aspects, too. We've talked a lot about the pandemic and the tale of it and how that affects us. It continues to affect us. Um, many of us have been raised in an evangelical movement, a movement of following God in the way of Christ with passion and fervor and mission, um, and it's grabbed our hearts. Um, God has used it to, to grab us and to, to mobilize us and encourage us. Organizationally, we still sit in that tradition, and yet we all know that the challenges of that, the, the consistent kind of bowing 
to one political power that, or party that that, that movement has, has practiced. Um, the, the ways that this movement kind of oversimplifies a really complicated and personal aspect of life like sexuality and what that does to our brothers and sisters who are in the LGBTQ community and what that does to us who, who, who may not be, if we're not in that community, who love our brothers and sisters. Um, in, our, in our meetings, we, we talked a lot about the importance and the need to this year like see each other and to, to, to cultivate and live into belonging as a community. Um, coming out of the, the pandemic, that those questions are raised, and, and as a leader, I'm learning like how group dynamics can play into one's sense or experience of belonging. And learning how maybe even some of my own blind spots haven't kind of helped with some of those dynamics. So going to a training here this week on, on understanding that better. But we look at this scene, and I think Ezekiel's question for us is probably one that has been in there, and, and maybe this passage allows it to surface, like, God, can these bones live? And that's not even mentioning what, what you all might be holding in your own homes, your own families, your own workplaces, neighborhoods. Maybe it's a question that makes sense in those, those spaces as well. And Ezekiel gives an answer to this question. It was kind of quick. You might not have caught it. Um, but Ezekiel gives an answer to this question of whether these bones can live. Lord God, only... Oh, man. Only you know. I don't know what's coming up in you when we think about this question of whether these bones can live or not, but, but Ezekiel gives us this response that God, only you know. The bottom line is that we left alone in many of the stuck spaces in our life. We are unable to make the bones of society, the bones of our church, the bones of our lives live. Now, this room is full of really hardworking Intelligent, committed, faithful people. I know you all um, well enough to know that we, we work hard at tackling things. Um, and this vision invites us to remember um, that in a lot of these places in our lives, Lord, only you know. Only you know if these bones can live. Um, God alone ultimately has the power to make things that don't seem alive, things that seem dead, to make them live. Um, the brokenness in our society, in our lives, it's, it's going to remain if, if God doesn't do something. Um, and this, this passage, it gives us a picture of what, what it can look like sometimes when we try our best to go after these things on our own. Um, did you catch that? Ezekiel prophesied the first time to the bones. And he said, I prophesied as I was commanded. There was a great noise, then a great quaking, and the bones came together, bone by bone. 
When I looked, suddenly there were sinews on them. The flesh appeared. They were covered over with skin. But there was still no breath in them. Have you ever felt that way? God, I'm doing everything I know how to do. In my marriage, at my workplace, trying to figure out my future, in my church, in my extended family. God, I am busting my tail, trying to do everything I can, and it just feels like a dangling string of dry bones. But what next? If we feel like that, um, what do we do? God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Speak to the breath. Hmm. Prophesy, human one. Say to the breath. The Lord God proclaims, come from the four winds, breath. Breathe into these dead bodies and let them live. Only you know, God. So come and breathe. These are my best efforts, these dangling bones that have come together. This is, this is what I've got and what I've given. God, come and breathe into these things. And let them live. Ezekiel says, I prophesied just as he commanded me when the breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. The only way for the bones of our society, our culture, our church, our own lives, um, to live like this vision is for us to open ourselves up to the breath. To open ourselves up to God's movement in creative, surprising, beautiful ways to give us life. When we think this year about trusting God together, this is the, this is the image that I want to invite us to think about God breathe. We're going to keep doing some things, maybe trying to do a little bit less, but God, just breathe in this place. Breathe in my life. Breathe around my family dinner table when the political season comes. God, breathe where you need to breathe, and we're going to trust that you can make these bones live. Our priority for, for 2024 is trusting God together. And, 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 and again, this is kind of the image I want us to hold. Um, and we also have a couple of, of, of focuses within that that I've, I've noted, but we have, I, want to, I want to share those again. We have a few board members who are going to, who are going to read these now. But within, um, within that, so Warren, Justin, Letty, if you want to go to the mics, um, 
We're going we're gonna to read these, and you've got them in front of you, too, on that, on that sheet. Um, but one of, the, one of the ways we really want to invite our church to trust God together is to, to practice wholehearted worship um, with one another. Um, we want to we renew our commitment to Sunday worship, and we want to we try our best to create a space here where we can be open to God and one another and vulnerable with our stories and, and what God is doing. So, um, Warren, if you want to go ahead and read this one for us, I appreciate that. Trusting God in wholehearted worship as human beings and a local expression of the body of Christ, worshiping is our primary vocation. This year we renew our commitment to gathering together for wholehearted worship, open to the Spirit's movement in, among, and through us. We, we all know, maybe we don't, the numbers of worship attendance nationally since the pandemic have just catapulted. Um, is that the right word? Cratered, thank you. <laughs> They've not catapulted. They've catapulted into the ground. Um, and let me just say this out loud. It's for all sorts of understandable reasons. Like, I'm not, I'm, there's, there's no judgment in this. Um, and we need to gather together. Um, we want to renew a commitment. And I'm talking to the people who are here, you know. Um, but I want, we want to renew a uh, spiritual discipline of worshiping together in wholehearted ways this, this year. Um, our next one is that we trust God that we belong. And Letty's going to read that one for us. primary theme coming out of our discernment work. A clear, a clear longing on the hearts of so many in our church um, to, to live into our shared belonging. And so this year, we want to we wanna just invite a, a real solid focus on, if you're not in a communion gathering, try to, try to get into one. Um, that's a space where this belonging can be lived out outside of, of these of, of Sunday mornings. Um, if you sense a, a desire and a longing to connect with others, we want to just invite brave intention in our church to reach out to one another. If you sense that someone else might desire or long for belonging, we want to invite brave intention to reach out and connect with them. And of course, we're going to have our Oasis and men's group stuff going um, but communion gatherings is a really special place where this belonging can be experienced and lived out. Um, we have a retreat forming for the fall and camping in the spring. There's lots of ways um, to get involved. And, and we want to we keep them not too so broad that we don't actually connect when we do them. So we're, we're trying to find that sweet spot of ways to, to be together and experience this belonging. 
And, and we experience it because it is true because of who Christ is at the table. And I'm getting some amens over here from Casper or Julian or somebody, which I'm all about. Um, the last one, trusting God to hold and heal us in our relationships. Justin. Trusting God to hold and heal us in our relationships. As human beings and a local expression of the body of Christ, we have been through a lot over the last few years, and our relationships have been affected. This year, we are trusting God to help us see others with compassion, turn towards others with curiosity, and remain open to receiving the gift of new relationships. trust God with, with, with what's happening here. Um, but there's new depths of relationships that are possible. There's healing that can happen. If we cry to the breath to fill us. Um, that there's new friendships that might be um, sparked and, and nurtured. Um, so this year we want to, within our, our shared worship and within, within our shared belonging, we want to we want to trust that God is going to hold and heal our relationships um, and, and, and us um, as we live into those. A couple, couple, I don't know, series ago, we, we worked through Psalm 37, and we, we did this, this thing with our hands. Um, it was a, it was a tr- translation um, from a missionary in India on committing our way, and it was this entrusting in God, and it was this this. This read of a descriptive read where we, we open our hands, if you do this with me, open our hands with all that we're holding, um, the dry bones of our lives, the dry bones of our society. Um, and the trusting is this, this movement to say, breath, come and fill these bones. open hands, honest about what we're holding and experiencing. Trust. Breath, come and fill these bones with life. There's the breath. Amen. Um, another thing Jonathan and Jean were, and I were talking about um, in our meeting is that in the fall we're going to have this wild election going on and we're also going to mark 10 years of the IRC um, a vocational initiative of this body um, that, that started 10 years ago officially a little bit longer in our hearts and, and lives um, a year from now, January of 2025, we're going to celebrate 20 years as a church. Um, so I, I just think for this year, there, there, this, is a, this is one of those Kairos moment years for us. Um, and I just love that this theme is what emerged um, for us this year. That in all of this, if we, if we bust our tails and do all sorts of work, we, we're just going to be dry bones dangling in the wind. And so we need to 
hold it all. We need to say, breath, come, come into my life. Come into our church. Come into this world and use us as a part of that. And we're going to trust, trust you, God, to do that together. Some of you know I've been going to a gym for far too long for the results that I want. Um, There's another source of my problems that I'm working on. My gym is great. Uh, Some of you go to this gym. It's called Lead the Way Fitness. Um, And when we we work out, we typically have like eight stations. um, And we kind of move through each station. And there's some like awesome music going to like pump you up, right? Depending on who the coach is, you know, the soundtrack's different. Um, sometimes it's some good like kind of 90s rock that, you know, it's just, that's probably my favorite. Um, all sorts of variety. Um, and there's all these like one-liners that they, they use to motivate us. And the one that's been really kind of hitting me um, lately is right when we get to about station seven, you're like so tired, you, you're, you're exhausted, you, you know that you're gonna be sore because of all that you're doing right now, and you're just, you're just kinda ready for it to be over, right? And the coach, Alyssa, typically uses this line, Sal, sometimes. Alyssa will say, all right, everyone, only one more station. You've come this far, but we haven't come this far just to come this far. <laughs> and it gets us into that last, that last station. I don't know what the dry bones of your lives are. Um, I have some ideas around some of the dry bones in our, in our church life that we need to keep working at. But mostly what we need to do in those areas in our lives and in our church is we need to call out to the breath to fill us because we haven't come this far just to come this far we haven't come this far just to come this far I'm going to pray and I invite the musicians to come up And God we uh, we prophesy to you we call out to you on behalf of one another, in the very personal and challenging things we're holding in our lives. Family members who are sick, stuck places in work or longing for work. Got a sense of need for your, your sustenance, your sustenance in our lives and provision. So many things, God, in our, in our very personal lives that, that, God, we prophesy to the breath that you would come. You would breathe life into those places. God, um, in our church, we thank you for our church. We thank you for what you've done in Mountainside Communion. We, th- we thank you that we are still gathering after all we've been through over the last number of years Um, but God we pray that you would you would pour out your breath on us you would pour out your breath in those places those relationships those those kind of um, questions about church and 
that just feel like dry bones, God, that you would pour out your breath and bring them to life. And we know, God, that, that, that as households and as a church, amen, amen, amen. Let's sing together. Thank <laughs> you.